Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. My name's James Marley and today we're taking a sector deep dive into the healthcare part of the market, a really interesting space. And to help me get through this subject, I've got two healthcare specialists, Stu Welsh from Alfinity. Stu, great to see you. Good to see you. And Melissa Benson from Wilson's. Thanks for making a debut on Buy, Hold, Sell. Thank you. All right, easy one to start off with folks. It'd be remiss of us not to touch on the fact that markets have been really volatile, a really bumpy ride. Stu, million dollar question, how do you make sense of it? Yeah, I guess it's a tough environment. Central banks are doing their best to put the uh, inflation genie back in the bottle. Um, you know, I think we saw a sharp rally in July as people sort of thought that the pivot wasn't far away. I think what we've seen is that uh, increasingly tough rhetoric coming and, and basically at least what we do know, I, I guess, is that we'll be starting from a higher interest rate point and that that uh, pivot is possibly further away than people had expected. So. Uh, challenging environment for, for equities. Yep. The end in sight for, for interest rates really got pushed a bit further down the line. Uh, Melissa, have you got anything to add in terms, in terms of your read on the environment at the moment? I mean, I think exactly what Stu said around healthcare, like the volatility is a little bit impractical sometimes. Not really related to anything fundamental, you know, but a lot of volatility in the sector. Okay, well, let's get into the sector where you are an absolute specialist, a bit of a gun. I had a look back through your history. Lots of uh, uh, studying in that area. Um, the ASX 200 Healthcare Index has 14 companies, the big names, CSL, Sonic, ResMed. What's the lesson that you learned from, from looking at that sector over the past few years? Yeah, I think one, one particular thing is that um, healthcare is very defensive in terms of the demand profile, but perhaps the, the investment kind of, uh, I guess, risk profile for the sector is a lot more cyclical than we might have thought. And it is kind of a lot more decoupled from that demand, I would say. Okay, Stu, anything to add to that? What did you learn about investing in healthcare over the past few years, particularly with the pandemic in the yeah, background? Yeah, sure. I, I think key takeaway for me is that the healthcare sector here in Australia is just so varied. I mean, each one of the stocks has had such a different ride during COVID that, um, that, that it's, it's been remarkable in terms of how different each one of their stories has been. And I think so, to sort of make any sort of sector-wide conclusions from that is challenging because each one of them is, is so different. And um, I think the key takeaway is that you need to understand each stock, its journey, where it's come from and to over the last couple of years uh, to have any chance of trying to work out what the future holds for them. Okay, this might make the next question a little redundant, but I'm going to put it to you anyway. Headwinds and tailwinds for the sector, any particular things that you would call out? Yeah, I think um, one thing I definitely see in healthcare, and I think it's a global challenge, is access to labour and what you have to pay for that labour. I think it's particularly acute on the healthcare side. Like I've definitely seen a lot of healthcare practitioners, particularly nurses in hospitals and GPs in the community setting, just burned out post-COVID. and. A lot of them have brought forward retirement and so there's a shortage of, of, of labour which then amplifies the problem for those that are left behind and so, so I think that's an issue in terms of whether or not you can actually service the capacity, uh, service the, the workload and then on top of that whilst we've dialled back a lot of these kind of um, 
a lot of these kind of COVID-related sort of uh, restrictions in the community, I mean, that they're still live in the hospital and so the absenteeism COVID-related is still a major issue for a lot of these sort of people, yeah. yeah. Melissa, um, headwinds, tailwinds that you're seeing in the sector? Um, headwind, I think if you kind of zoom in, Australia has a lot of biotechs on the ASX. Obviously, that risk-off environment, um, you know, these are companies that need kind of capital markets to support their funding and development. So that's a big headwind for those guys. I think tailwinds, um, I see more on the technology adoption side of things. Like healthcare has been traditionally, whilst it's, it's ahead of the curve in a lot of ways, the tech infrastructure in hospitals and things like that is well behind the curve. So COVID's really kind of ramped that up and, and brought that forward. So, you know, businesses that have cloud or, or connected devices, um, I think that's a big tailwind for those guys. Mm -hmm. Now, Stu, I understand at Alfinity you guys are underweight the sector at the yes. moment, just a single holding in the healthcare space. Mm -hmm. What would it take you to, to change that positioning and get a bit more constructive? Yeah, so I, I guess we don't sort of look at it as a sector positioning, like a top-down yep. kind of so, side of things. So I guess we look at it more on a stock-specific basis. So it's a bottoms-up um, stock-specific story. We look for companies that are reasonably valued, um, are, are high quality in terms of their earnings, um, and then also uh, in or entering an earnings upgrade cycle. And so... For us, it's hard to sort of say if there's any one thing that would, would dictate that would increase our sector weight in, um, in, in healthcare. It'd much more be about stock-specific stories driving us in that we would end up in aggregate overweight, but certainly not a top-down target for us. And so based on that, given you have one position, you're seeing the earnings environment for, for the companies a bit challenged at the moment? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I, if we look around in terms of the companies that are getting earnings upgrades, I mean, there are very few in the healthcare space that are actually getting earnings upgrades. And I think that's that's part and parcel of some of those sort of headwinds that I was talking about before. Um, uh, but a variety of different things. Each stock has a different story. Okay. Well, let's get into our stocks for the buy, hold, sell episode. Start with Ramsey Healthcare. Really interesting. KKR <coughs> have walked away from a bid. Stocks down around $56 last time I had a check. Buy, hold or sell? I'd still say despite that it's a hold. Um, I think Ramsey needs the three parts of their business to be working well to kind of be a buy in our view. And obviously the UK and Europe is really suffering from, as Stu mentioned before, those staffing shortages, all time highs. And so even though the Australian business, I think the CapEx growth outlook is quite strong. I think when you, when you have the earnings growth um, being hampered in those other two parts of the business, it's still just a hold for us. So it's just time to sort that nursing you know, shortage. Okay. Should buy, hold or sell on Ramsey? Uh, so we'd have it as a sell. I mean, I think at this point it's sort of still getting earnings downgrades through some of those challenges that I was talking about before in terms of access to labour and some of the disruptions to operations from absenteeism and the like. And so um, we're still seeing those earnings downgrades come through. And, and despite it being quite attractive in terms of valuation um, at these sort of levels, you know, that, those sort of earnings downgrades typically cap any sort of valuation upside and you end up sort of caught in a value trap. So for us... It, it's probably a sell. I mean, I think the key upside here was obviously the KKR corporate activity, but given the recent news that they've uh, ceased discussions, I think that that's kind of off the table for it's, now. It seemed pretty final. Yeah, yeah it seemed pretty final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, next stock is ResMed. Now, sure. a lot of things in the background that would seem constructive for that mm. business. One of its major competitors having a big product recall, buy, hold or sell? Uh, so that's probably more of a hold. I think it's um, it's certainly, its key story has been that the, the key competitor there, Philips, has had a product recall. Um, and they've been out of the market as they try to remediate that problem, unable to service new customers. And, and ResMed certainly had the opportunity to sort of take market share during this time. I guess the key challenge they've had is access to computer chips to be able to produce the devices, uh, particularly the comms chips. That seems to be improving now. 
um, but also sort of at a time where Philips is, is getting towards the end. And whilst that recall may be extended, they'll probably be back in the market in the next six months um, at some point in some capacity. Um, so things looking a bit more sort of balanced there. And when you look at valuation relative to kind of pre-COVID levels, if you take out the ultra low interest rate period, it, it, it's still screening a little bit expensive. So for that reason, I think when you put it all together, it's probably more of a hold for us. Okay. It rallied well into the result in August. Buy, hold or sell? I would say we're a buy, a little bit more positive than Stu, perhaps on the outlook for when when Philips is back in the market. And I think around that chip shortages, that is a frustration for ResMed. But I think their, their card to cloud device, that's kind of a really smart way to get around it, still get a bit of market share. So I think, you know, that incremental market share gain that they can take now, we think that there should be good, you know, operational leverage that they'll build out over the next, you know, three years in the margin there when, you know, they're just taking more market share, we think they could consolidate to kind of a cochlear level of, you know, 70% global share. And that just really gives them some good um, sales productivity leverage. So, so we're a buy. Okay. Well, let's talk about cochlear. Um, it's actually outperformed the ASX 200 on a 12 month basis, which made it look quite defensive. Buy, hold or sell? Uh, we're actually positive on Cochlear now. Um, I think the fact, you know, they've signalled a new processor launch, that really tells us internally Cochlear is, is confident demands back after COVID, which really abated for quite some time. But also looking at their kind of upgrade cycles and, and launches, they're getting more and more efficient at kind of reaching back into their installed base, which is now really quite huge. So we think that, you know, that services revenue growth they get from that is more efficient than it's been. And I don't think the market's appreciating that. And the final other point is just we think there's a really interesting and, and um, kind of undermet opportunity for cochlear implants themselves in single-sided deafness, which is kind of a new indication. So, so we're, we're positive. Okay, great. Stu, buy, hold or sell on cochlear? Yeah, so I think they're doing a lot of good things in terms of innovating and uh, with new products and, um, and freeing up capacity in the clinics and what have you. But for us, it still screens a little bit expensive. So relative, if you take out the period of ultra-low interest rates, it's still a little bit expensive relative to its history. Um, if you look at the, the device sales, like so the cochlear implant, the volumes have sort of fully recovered. So I think that COVID recovery story has, has kind of played out. And I think the most recent result just highlighted that they're not immune to some of those issues with elective surgeries uh, that I talked about with Ramsey as well. So um, for us, when you put all that together, uh, for us, it's, it's to sell here. Okay. Is your opportunity. I think there's just one stock in healthcare that you've got favourable on, so talk us through the thesis. Yeah, sure. So I think CSL um, is one of those COVID recovery stories. So their core business is collecting plasma from donors primarily in the US to make treatments for um, immune deficiency and um, neurological disorders. And the, the whole plasma collection side, I think, is well documented. There was a lot of issues during COVID as, as, as donors were fearful of catching the virus and also had so much stimulus that they didn't sort of need to donate as well. But as that stimulus is, has been withdrawn um, and there's inflationary pressures, we're certainly seeing a lot more donors coming into the, into the donation centres and that those volumes are ramping back up. Um, so that's, whilst that takes some time to come through the P&L, because there is a nine, seven, nine months sort of manufacturing cycle that you've got to get through first, um, that we are confident that that recovery is coming and putting that together, that volume recovery together with a bit of price you can see a, a return to, um, to margin recovery as well. Um, and the valuation there in a, in a recovery sort of style um, is starting to look more attractive relative to its history yeah, as well. Okay, great. Mel, your chance to picture something interesting. What's catching your eye? What's one that you'd like to put a buy on? Uh, a buy definitely on Telix Pharmaceuticals. So, you know, Telix, um, it's obviously 
quite a tumultuous time for them. They've got a new product in the market. Can you just tell us a little bit about, I, I don't know what it does, so maybe right, give me the okay. one-on-one. Of course. Uh, Telix is a radio pharmaceutical company, so that, that is kind of where you're, you're coupling um, radioactive isotopes and you're kind of using drugs to hone them into the area for cancer. Um, Telix have a diagnostic side of their business and they also are working on therapies. So it's exciting for them. They've launched their first commercial product, um, a prostate cancer diagnostic in the US market. So there's kind of great sales momentum happening there. That's a billion dollar market that's building very rapidly. Um, but I think what's exciting for Telix is they've got a second follow on product in the channel, um, a renal cancer diagnostic. And we get the, the phase three readout for that this calendar year. And that really is a very uncontested market, um, a significant opportunity for them. So. I think if we, we think about valuation, where it sits right now, um, in our view, you know, it, it's trading well below the value of just those two imaging assets, and they have a very broad kind of pipeline that includes, you know, several therapies that are really huge opportunities. So we think uh, there's there's definite value here. Okay, great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you learned something new about the healthcare uh, uh, space today from Stu and from Mel. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And remember to check into YouTube. We're adding fresh content every week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.